welcome back to your Mindful Month podcast. I'm Astra, Mindful Yoga Coach and founder of Therapy Yoga, sharing my tips and practices for a mindful month. So I would love to hear from you on any of my content, so feel free to leave a message on this podcast or you can reach me via my website therapyyoga.co.uk, on Facebook at Therapy Yoga for Wellbeing or Instagram at Therapy Yoga. Let's dive in. Hello again and I hope this episode finds you all safe and well. I'm going to quickly introduce myself because I realise that there are some people that haven't listened to this podcast before. My name is Astra and I, I title myself a mindfulness mentor for well-being, and I'm founder of Therapy Yoga and I wear many hats uh, including being a mum of uh, two lively youngsters and I also work within my local community. And the kind of background to why I do what I do is that I see myself as a stress at work survivor, if you like. In the past, I didn't really manage all the spinning plates in my life very well, um, including having to manage ill health. So um, I I use this experience together with uh, my training over the last 10 years in mindfulness um, and yoga, which I've practiced uh, for nearly 20 years now. Uh, to help others really to share what I know and um, what I know works uh, to help people to stress less and enjoy more out of life. So the topic today is low mood and it's one of the topics that comes up quite a bit in my work. So I thought I would give it some attention today from a yoga and mindfulness perspective. But just to say at the outset that we all have bouts of low mood But if you do feel like you are experiencing ongoing or persistent feelings of low mood, this may be somewhere on the spectrum of depression. So please, in this instance, speak to your local uh, GP or healthcare professional. So the focus of today's discussion will very much be around overcoming everyday low mood particularly given this extraordinary situation that we all find ourselves in, um, which for many of us is, is very stressful. Um, and, you know, but the, site, the, the, the end seems in sight and there's lots more optimism about, I think, anyway. And as I speak to you on the last day of February, I'm looking back on positive events such as International Boost Self-Esteem Month, random act of kindness day, not to mention self-love day, uh, also known as Valentine's Day, which I've just renamed, but I'm not bitter. (laughs) But, you know, the general theme is of compassion and boosting our spirit. So I'll be talking about how we approach lifting our mood. And I'm going to touch on some of the teachings of ancient yoga texts, which I've actually come back to myself during this time to support my own well-being so you might find this a helpful insight I don't know you can let me know Um, and I'm also going to share like I've done before in previous podcasts my respiration so the things that's inspired are the books and the the learning that's inspired uh, this episode 
So do let me know how it, how this uh, podcast lands with you. I, I see them as very much an open conversation and attending to our well-being is not an exact science. So I definitely recommend just, you know, taking note of what you think works, explore, um, you know, what works for you individually and, and maybe just even bank them for a time that you most need it. If you want to connect with me, uh, you can find me on uh, most of the socials. I'm not on Twitter, um, but Instagram and Facebook at Therapy Yoga. And um, you can email me as well directly. I'm astra at therapyyoga.co.uk. And if you find these podcasts really helpful, please subscribe to Your Mindful Month on any of the platforms that you usually listen to podcasts. And this will really help my reach and help uh, me reach people that actually uh, will find this content uh, really beneficial at this time. Okay, I'm going to wrap up the intro. Enjoy the next segment and I will see you at the end of the summary. So let's talk about the common characteristics of low mood and one that I think that we can all relate to is this kind of feeling of lack of energy and motivation and not wanting to engage in our usual everyday endeavours and obviously at the moment that has pretty much been imposed on us uh, especially if you're in a lockdown country. But inactivity and isolation can not only trigger a low mood but perpetuate it. On a more emotional level, there is also a feeling of sadness and not appreciating the things in our lives that make us feel whole, like the things that are right in front of us. And this can lead to a sense of disconnection with what we enjoy in life. So how do we deal with these uh, feelings? Well, the first step in a mindful approach to low mood is to have a compassionate awareness of our own biology. The way the brain works uh, when we feel emotionally low is to actually reinforce our low moods. Hard to believe. But as I understand it, the brain searches for past memories and experiences which mirror our feelings in an effort to stimulate solutions. But then the triggering of these memories in turn impacts our emotions. So the cycle continues. Uh, I've probably grossly oversimplified the neuroscience around this, so apologies to any neuroscientists listening. Uh, But the point is, we need to understand that there is a potential for a low mood cycle, which which could go on for longer than desired, or we don't desire it, but it could go on for a long time. And so we need to take active steps to break this cycle, even when our mind and our emotions are telling us we can't. So how do we do this? Well, your go-to, without question, is that golden triangle of wellness, diet, exercise and sleep. We all know this, but it doesn't stop the struggle. And these three things have, or definitely in my case, been impacted negatively by um, radical change in the world. Um, and but today I'm not going to talk too much about diet. In fact, I'm not going to cover diet, but you may find my previous podcast on the benefits of mindful eating helpful. And just a spoiler alert, I will be offering tips on improving your sleep in my next podcast. But I am going to talk a bit today about mindful movement, which is my exercise of choice for helping with low mood. 
We need a certain level of physical activity to balance our emotions. And this doesn't mean running a marathon, although a regular running regime is a great option for some of us. Um, but the type of exercise that I'm suggesting is a way of bringing back flow and circulation into the body on the one hand, whilst also holding a space for how you feel emotionally. So the more inactive you are, the more you feel less motivated to be active, which can then become an emotional feeling of low mood. So physical activity and low mood are very interconnected. The thing to say here is that mindful movement can be any physical endeavour, endeavor, uh, whether that's walking, stretching or more high impact sports. And I did do a podcast interview with a British athlete last summer, which was all about mindful fitness and having a mind, mindful mindset to achieving your goals. So if that is of interest to you, do have a listen to that. But in terms of the definition of mindful movement, it's really uh, a meditation in motion. Your intention when you come into movement is to draw your mind's focus to the detail of the body in motion. And there are some activities that allow you to do this really well, such as walking or slower movement practices such as Tai Chi, Qigong and mindfulness-based yoga. And these traditions are all based on reconnecting with our senses and experiencing the fullness of our existence through the body. And this can allow an opportunity to become uh, a witness, uh, let's say, to our thoughts and emotions rather than being constantly stuck in the cycle of our mind chatter, which is mirrored by our emotions. And it's also a way of learning more with curiosity and non-judgment about ourselves, including uh, some unconscious habits that we may have and that we use to navigate life. So, for example, one of the classic things I notice with myself and, and those attending my yoga class is that there is this common tendency to hold the breath when holding a pose and um you know, especially a pose that involves uh, a little bit more strength work. When you approach movement from a mindfulness perspective, you, you really want to explore maybe uh, the same movement and what it feels like without holding the breath and, and maybe just starting to become aware of any other subtle details that become apparent. And how can this attend to low mood? Well, it gives us a more felt perspective of the wholeness of our existence, which in turn can impress on us a sense of greater possibilities. I mean, that's how I've experienced it. Uh, lots of uh, people may have experienced it in that way as well uh, with mindful movement. But if you think about times when we're in a cycle of low mood, it, it can feel like we really have limited options of expression and uh, limited options of expressing ourselves. So the practice of mindful movement can provide an opportunity to express ourselves in a new compassionate way. So I hope that that step um, landed with you. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel that uh, it's something that, you know, you can make your own version of um, or you can, you know, start to think about uh, an intentional practice around this type of work. 
So lastly, I wanted to offer a third perspective coming from yoga philosophy, um, specifically the Upanishads and the Gita. The Upanishads are a collection of writing dating from around 900 BCE in India. And the spiritual sages conceived human beings as really interacting with the world through layers of consciousness. And each layer is conceal concealed by the preceding one, a little bit like those Russian uh, doll toys uh, thing. <laughs> There's probably a technical word for it. Um, but yeah, I, I think about Russian dolls. It's one of the examples that are given when we learn, when, when I learned about the um, this concept. But anyway, um, the idea is that the intellectual mind masks the, the joy of simple existence. And these concepts are known as the Pancha Koshas, and it translates from the Indian Sanskrit into the five veils. So stick with me. Um, and one of the aims of yoga from this perspective is to help us peel back these layers, starting with our physical existence to more subtle levels of consciousness. And, and this kind of ultimately reveals our true nature, which is believed to be inherently content. So on a micro level, there's an analogy where uh, lots of you listening may um, relate to this as well. Um, when you initially started yoga practice, it was really for the physical benefits um, and, and that through the process of unraveling the learning through the body, we move towards a deeper level of self-awareness, almost like shifting from exercise to inner size, which is actually what I see yoga to be now. But the physical layer not only refers to the body from these teachings, but also our external environment. If we look at the material nature of the world, it really projects an individualistic understanding of our own identity. However, our self-identity is very connected to our social needs and our sense of belonging and community. And when we experience low mood, it needs to be seen within that context. For example, um, you know, it can be linked to this feeling of loneliness and um, maybe feeling separate or in competition with others. And these are kind of classic feelings, I, I would say, um, or characteristics uh, of low mood. And in another yoga text, which forms some of the foundations of uh, the Hindu faith, the Bhagavad Gita, um, it sees emotions or emotional issues as uh, like a tug of war between attaching ourselves to false gratification of the material world set against our true nature. So it teaches that rather than having a preoccupation with the highs of individual success, or the lows of uh, perceived individual failure, we should be aiming for an evenness of mind, so like a steadiness, a sense of steadiness, irrespective of all the shifting uh, things that are happening in the world. But more importantly, to use this uh, embodied wisdom to become more preoccupied with the betterment of society. And for me, this is something I can relate to and I try to remind myself to reconnect with people in times of uh, low mood, which for me is more rewarding. 
Uh, and the link between our collective social identity and our emotional well-being has been really evidenced by the explosion of video networking and podcasting platforms over the past year at a time when our emotions have really been tested. So I hope that these three areas for you know, approaching or lifting uh, a low mood has been a helpful resource for you. Uh, we've, gov- we've covered quite a lot. So um, in the next segment, what I'll do is a summary and I'll also talk about some of the books that inspired uh, this episode. Welcome back on the other side. So in summary, the three mindful steps for low mood is to firstly start with self-knowledge. Remind yourself how the brain works and how it reacts in ways to try to find solutions to our low mood, but in so doing reinforces these feelings. So take active steps to stop this cycle, whether you feel motivated to do this or not. Fake it till you make it. The go-to solutions to break this cycle is that golden triangle of wellness, diet, sleep and exercise. So put some Uh, steps in place, mini goals uh, around these. And with respect to exercise, if you haven't already explored mindful movement, do try it as it can offer an opportunity to drop out of the constant mind chatter, which is mirrored by our emotions and can open up a sense of greater possibilities. Lastly, we can draw on perspectives from ancient yoga philosophy, where we are reminded to become more in tune to our collective social identities, rather than individualizing our experiences and from this place finding that emotional balance that we crave. So moving on to the three books that inspired this episode, the the first is Mark Williams and Danny Penman's book entitled Mindfulness, Finding Peace in a Frantic World, which I use quite a lot and it has a comprehensive selection of mindfulness-based practices to hold a space for our various life challenges. So thank you to Mark and Danny for this offering. The second book is The Spiritual Teachings of Yoga by Joe Manuel and Mark Forstater. I think that's how I pronounce his surname. And Joe Manuel is a wonderful yoga teacher and trainer and is the founder of the Special Yoga Centre in Northwest London, which specialises in yoga for children and teenagers with special needs. And this uh, book, this offering is completely unique in in sort of summarising thousands of years of spiritual practices and yoga philosophy in a really clear and accessible way, particularly the sections on the Gita and the Yoga Sutras. So if you're interested in learning more about this, it's a great place to start. And I'm actually planning to start my foundations in yoga course this year, which includes yoga philosophy, and it will be a six month self-development course. So look out for that. And finally, the Upanishad. And the Upanishads are covered in, in Joe, um, Joe Manuel's and uh, Mark Forstater's book, but I use the Eknath Eswaran translation. Again, I may have not pronounced that correctly. And it is an abstract text and it's a collection of contemplation from spiritual sages over hundreds of years. So it doesn't really feel like a complete book. Um, and at times it almost feels like a long prayer but it does give nuggets of wisdom, which can be quite uplifting. 
and I found it quite helpful for myself. So there, so that's it. So we've come to the end of this episode. Um, So do continue the conversation. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact me via Instagram um, or Facebook uh, at Therapy Yoga. On Facebook, it's at Therapy Yoga for Wellbeing. And if you're interested in trying mindfulness yoga while I'm still online, I guide a weekly class via Zoom. And my current class theme is Boosting Your Mood. Um, You can book on my website and it's every Wednesday at the moment at 6pm. So yeah, I think that's all uh, I needed to say today. So with crossed hands at my heart, wishing you all very well. And I look forward to connecting again very soon. Namaste.